The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. And we're back with another episode of the Dropout Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis and I'm joined as ever by Joe Costanzo. As ever and always. And making a vaunted return, Matt Burns Peak. How's it going, fellas? A lovely victory Monday to be chatting to you two again. It's a weird one, isn't it? It's a weird one. It feels weird to win. I just don't know. I'd... I mean, we'll probably get into it later, to be honest, but that was just a weird week. It was, you were very right with your predictions as well. I was so on the money this week. It was, Which is know. how we can tell that how we can yeah. tell that it was a weird week. Exactly. Yeah, this has only happened twice. You were right, quite good with your predictions that other week where it was just completely weird and all the teams that should have won lost. But I'm, I'm a guru. You're a vintage. I don't. I don't know what vintage. You're <laughs> I'm a vintage. What? A, <laughs> a wizard. A vintage wizard. I'll take that. A vintage I'd, wizard. I don't, I don't know if the age of the wizard affects how good a wizard they are, but I mean, I guess vintage Well, it, it obviously does. Like, a wiser wizard will be better at his job, I assume. He'll have more time to learn spells yeah, then, and shit. But then they get, like, what happens if they start to get senile or start to forget their spells, Joe? Yeah, but that's just a sad wizard. Yeah, just like if, if they, if they were a good a wizard, wizard, they'd have anti-aging spells. I mean, Ooh. maybe we can get into this later on when we talk about an, an aging wizard who's starting to forget his spells. <coughs> I think we're getting that on the on the app. Nice, good link. Nice. Like that. But before we do get to that, let's go how we always start with Uniball again. And I think the biggest surprise of this week was Leeds Beckett falling at home to Sterling Klansman. Mm. That mm. is a that is a, a, a right. big scalp for the Klansman to take there because Beckett have been really impressive so far this season. So... Uh, I'm not going to lie, I, I had Beckett winning this one, so absolute kudos to Sterling. They came out and played fantastically well, and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's going to do their season a world of good. Yeah, I, we, we were saying last week, me and Slew, that Beckett were in the in the contention, we, we thought, for getting to a final and just how they play the game and how they can sort of grind out the tough wins. But um, yeah, I think Sterling, like we said last week, great team, um, physical team, and they, they can't be taken light of any any week any competition they come against so i think so no, i think I'm, we will have to look at the game field for this one but if i was to guess what happened i'd say that sterling probably got up early and took that run game away from beckett a little bit again i'd have to yeah. have a look at the film to see if that was actually the case but looking at the scoreline that is what i would guess has happened in this one mm. i mean one of the trends um for this season so far that quite a lot of people have been sleeping on is how good the sterling defense is because they have got a fantastic record of turnovers, especially early in games. They typically start super, super fast. Um, and they've been really impressive at taking the ball away from the oppos. So, you know, don't sleep on, on the Sterling defence. They've shown it here against Beckett. They can they can handle the big boys as well. Don't be snoozing. Don't be snoozing. So, uh, the other game in the Premiership North this week, Durham Saints went to joint top of the table, beating Coventry 18 to nothing. Low scoring game, but you can expect with Durham Saints, their defence as well, as good as it has been. Mm. You wouldn't expect much less from them, especially with the Jets still yet to score a premiership point, which we know they'll be disappointed with. Yeah, I mean, Dur- Durham is another one of these teams that just seem to be quite complete in the way they go about it. They're really well balanced on defence and they have the capacity there to, to smother teams. Um, their offence is is possibly one of the most balanced though in, in the Premiership this year in terms of the way their passing game with Matt Gallagher can, can get rolling. Um, and they've also got some tremendous running running backs as well. So Durham is another one of those teams that's just, they've got the attributes there that they can put a run together and they can dominate teams with that really well-balanced you know, roster. It's just about consistency for them. And I think they are now starting to show that they can consistently dominate and they can consistently control the clock and and you know manipulate the game how they want it, how they want it to go. Is yeah. it a worry? You're saying how well Durham can play on both sides. They can run it, they can pass it. Is that going to be an issue with the Jets going forward? They had such success in the division below with their wing team run-heavy concept. Is that going to be an issue if teams can start to game plan for that? I think I think it could be. I think one of the main things that we see in the Prem, more so this year than I think than any other year, is the need to be balanced in terms of your offense. We've seen in the past teams dominate with a particular style. You know, we've seen the Durham Birmingham teams in the past dominate through the air. We've seen other teams go go about it on the ground. We're now seeing as we as the sort of quality increases throughout the divisions that 
it's not enough to just be able to do one thing really, really well because there is the capacity in on, in those other rosters to be able to to neutralize it. Um, and there, there's the skill coaching-wise to be able to game plan around it. So you do need to come with, you know, not just a plan A, but a plan B, C, D as well. And I think Coventry, it's it's going to be a bit of an adjustment and learning curve for them to be able to get things rolling in other ways so that they can be more successful when teams do neutralize that run game. That's that's a bit like the Leeds Beckett game as well because, as you were saying, like people can kind of get into one mode, and we we know Leeds Beckett obviously a, a sort of like heavy run option team, but um, when it comes to facing just any any prem team, um, especially a team like uh, Sterling, I, I know I'm going back on myself here, but it it kind of links to what you said with the whole balanced game. Um, then you you are just naturally going to be facing like bigger defensive linemen for example mm. or you know just not more athletically gifted players than you will in in the lower down division so yeah it's just yeah. You, you you need to switch it up i agree with yeah. you completely yeah so one team that has proven they can do that as well are the ue bullets in the south demolishing mm. the hertfordshire hurricane 60 to 6 wow away in hertfordshire mm. and something something's got to change for these hurricanes this year that's now six on the bounce they've lost, including last fine, last year's final. Joe, we spoke about this last week. Matt, you've done the most in-depth research on most of these teams. What do Hertfordshire need to do after Christmas to sort this out? I mean, my, whenever I see I watch Hertfordshire, the main takeaways I have is that their their offense can't get the passing game going. They've really, really struggled with pass protection and with the chemistry between quarterback and receivers. And they've really, really struggled with penalties and individual errors. In that early game um, against UEA, there were some really big sort of howler moments that gift that took the game away from them. That was that one was a lot closer than this week. Um, and consistently, they just seem to. To, to trip themselves up at vital moments in the game. It's all about those those key moments in the game that can really help tilt the balance either way. At the moment, Hertfordshire are just killing themselves with penalties. They've so many, um, you know, big plays that, that, that they've negated for themselves with holding penalties or blocks in the backs and, and silly, unavoidable things like that. They've really struggled to win the turnover battle. Um, their defense has played well at times, but for the playmakers that they have in that unit, they should be able to do better. But I, I think... Probably the main issue with that team is, is is offense. They they have the players to be able to you know really perform on offense, but at the moment I don't know if it's a, a schematic thing or it's a game plan thing, but it's just not clicking and teams are taking advantage and getting up on them early. Well, fortunately for the Hurricanes, they do only remain one one win out of safety out of the playoffs, and the UEA they lost at home to the Birmingham Lions. The game was halted in the third after Cody Harris had to be ambulanced off the pitch thankfully it was only a concussion but still 15 nothing down in the third it's not looking great for the pirates either yeah and, and i mean obviously first and foremost we wish cody all the best and hope that, that he recovers well no thankfully the injury um you know as we later found out wasn't as serious as first feared so that's really good news um with the pirates again it, it's, it's a bit of a strange one that it seems to be a bit of a chemistry issue again i feel like um you know i don't know whether it's a sort of a factor of it being sort of early to mid season and needing time to still gel and understand the playbook as a team. But again, they just, they just seem to struggle to understand what they're meant to be doing and what their identity is. Um, but, you know, luckily for them that Hertfordshire is struggling even worse. It, it would be really interesting to see, you know, which one of those teams does eventually drop down and, and, it's looking almost realistic at this point that we could see Hertfordshire, who were obviously um, in the final of the, of the championship game last season and eventually fell to Leeds Beckett, but had a, a fantastic playoff run. It's not out of the question that we could see them getting relegated this season, which would be... Fall from a, grace. A, a, a definitely. And I don't, one that I don't know if we, we've actually seen you know, in recent years in, in, in Britball. Mm. Yeah. Just to close it out, the Lions... After five weeks, the only unbeaten team still in the Premiership. And it just does show how close that, that division is. That mm. they are the only team out of ten of them that haven't yet suffered a loss. Yeah, and I mean, I, th I think we, we said this from the first uh, time we saw Birmingham play this season with the Explosion event. They just, they look so on it every time. Every game they seem so fired up and so, you know, obsessed with, with winning. Their intensity is fantastic. Their team 
sort of camaraderie is fantastic. Um, and you know, yeah, and you've spent a lot of time pointing out how dominant their defense has been, and through four games, only to only concede ten points, it's pretty impressive. It's in itself. It's fantastic, and it all starts with their defensive line. Their defensive line is possibly the most star, sort of star-studded defensive line that we've seen in the Prem this season. Um, you know, they, they've got people that can rush the passer and stop the run. They've got playmakers all across that front, uh, and then their their secondary has got some really fantastic um, you know corners as well. And they're really reaping the rewards of the, of the havoc that the D line creates. They've been able to latch onto those errant passes, and that's why they've done so well in the turnover game. But you know, Birmingham. The physicality that they play with on offense, defense, and special teams is fantastic. They have such an intensity when you play them. When I feel like teams that play Birmingham know that they've they know that they've been in a game because they just bring so much passion and fire to the to the field. And I think that's a major reason why we've seen them as the only unbeaten team so far. I I, I kind of want to see UWE uh, the rematch for UWE versus uh, mm. the Lions again. That. That'll be that'll be an intriguing Definitely. one down the line. Well, do you know what the good news is, Joe? I know you we're going to play. You each will other get again. to see that. And also, I'm personally offended by the fact that you uh, you said the a concussion wasn't a big injury as a man who has suffered a concussion one time. Yes, but, but you're still suffering from it. Yours was playing eleven aside football, Joe, and it was because you missed a header. Yeah, well, I, I went up for a header and misjudged the jump. You know that is what Matt said. Are you still concussed? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> okay moving on back to your wizard um, conversation that lost his powers what's going on with Tom Brady Matt Joe, any of you any of you brave enough to call it dead and over I want, uh, I want Matt to say his opinion first because it will probably be more com- controversial than mine do I have to say an opinion or can I just say how much I'm enjoying the fact that he's no longer as good as he as he looked earlier in the season or is that, or is, or is that just an, a, a nothing cop out it's uh, a nothing cop out, especially from you, who wants to claim Tom Brady is better than Dan Marino. Tom Brady's not better than Dan Marino. <laughs> I have video evidence you of you saying you um, say differently. That, that was said it. I, I'm fairly certain that that was for a drink and not my actual opinions. So all it t- took is the offer of one drink for you to say that Dan Marino isn't as good as Tom Brady. Hey man, when that overdraft gets an alcoholic, <laughs> they don't have to be, be mutually exclusive. But however. <laughs> To the point, um, what's going on with Tom Brady? He, I mean, I think he's suffering from the fact that that, that, that Patriots receiver core doesn't look convincing. I know when they, they, they made the move for Mohamed Sanu, we were all like, oh my God, you know, that, that, that's a fantastic move and, and Sanu could be a fantastic player for them, but it hasn't really worked yet. I don't know if it's a chemistry issue. I don't know if, um, you know, what exactly the cause is, but to tell you what, they, Tom Brady looks like a man who misses Gronkowski a hell of a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. That's... I think to double down on what you're saying about the receiver issue, I think that's absolutely right. They they lack that explosive receiver that they would have had in Josh Gordon. There's no one on that team really you're seeing picking up a slant and taking it seventy yards for a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. Well, they and used to... more importantly, there's definitely some sort of communication issue. Did you see when Brady just lost his shit because Philip mm. Dorsett was clearly supposed to run a double move? Wasn't where he was supposed to be. Probably would have been about a forty fifty yard gain while the game was still close. And it does appear afterwards that Brady's like, I'm done with him. I'm done. Yeah, but he he does that a lot. He does. He, he's he is partial to the old temper tantrum. To be fair, yeah. um, but, but I mean, though, be, I think Dorset has been there a while now and should understand what the signals mean that he's being sent. But also, you look at the start of the season and what they had: Josh Gordon, uh, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown at the start of the season as well. Who <laughs> remembers that? Um, like you said, Gronk's gone. The O line has been a bit shoddy at times this season, in particular, a very and very not what we're used to with the Pats. You know, um, seem a bit undisciplined at times. Um, yeah, I, like I think it's it's more so just a sort of chemistry thing. Like you said, Sanu coming in, everyone's like, they. I think I don't believe that Brady is washed up. I think they just it's all going to somehow click together in the playoffs again. Because it's just so Patriots. Yeah. That I don't. I don't. Is this just because we're afraid to call it dead when it does appear dead? It's because he, he he always does this, man. He'll have a couple of games where he wobbles, and then everyone will be like, "Oh, it's the end for Brady," and then I'll yeah. get really happy, and then he'll start playing well again, and then win another Super Bowl, and I just. I Although can't... usually that is generally around September, October. This is now. This was the first weekend of December 
this weekend. Mm. And then if you look at the three teams that you've played against the last three games, Houston, Dallas and Philadelphia, none of those have been great defensively this year. And he's averaging about a 50% completion rate. Yeah, that's true. But Dallas was terrible weather conditions. You can't really count that game, really. Like, if we're we're saying, like, obviously, like, Jimmy G and uh, Lamar Jackson had a 50% completion rating when the weather is terrible. Yeah. So... I think Dallas were the best out of those three defences if you're doing Houston and Philadelphia. I'd also like to add that Aaron Rodgers just threw four touchdowns in the freaking snow, Joe. So weather ain't no excuse. Yeah, that's true. I I also didn't realise... I don't think anyone's ever compared Aaron Rodgers' arm to Tom Brady. Very true. There was one point I think he was falling over and he just sort of slung it over his shoulder. I think it was to Aaron Williams or... Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, sorry. I always get them them two mixed up. He's um, a bad man. <laughs> they're both some bad men, but, you know. Um, yeah, but, but back to the whole Brady scenario. I personally just, you know, I, I think what we see in the Patriots right now is if the defense can't keep their opponents to under 20 or so points, then they might struggle. And obviously they, they've been kind of leaning on that a lot this year while they're still building the chemistry around these new receivers and old receivers leaving, new receivers coming in. So mm. I don't know whether the, when the chemistry picks up, like if something will click by the time it gets to the playoffs. And I can imagine that happening. But I do... It, it's intriguing because obviously what, when we were hyping the Patriots up with the with the defense, um, saying they're the best in the best ever, best in the world... And then compare it to now, a few weeks later, after they. I mean, a few, few weeks later. later. Yes, they conceded four touchdowns today, but let's be realistic. Deshaun Watson is a pretty good quarterback, and yeah, He's you can go baller. back to that Baltimore game where yeah. he had a bit of a wobble, whatever the hell that was. But they still they conceded four passing touchdowns, but before that, they still had only conceded four all year. I think you can call this one a little bit of a one-off. And at yeah, the end true. of the day, the Patriots are still ten and two, as Brady was quick to point out in his post-match interview they're not two and ten they're probably still going to make the playoffs the likelihood is they'll still have a bye yeah they're definitely still going to make the playoffs mate (laughs) unless they absolutely shit the bed i think it's more of a dominance thing they'll have a home game Uh, yeah i think that's you're right on that map because you know we're so used to the patriots going into the to the playoffs being like with that scare factor of them being the Patriots. And I think that the the vulnerability that they've shown over the last few weeks, especially in ways that we don't associate with the Patriots, we usually associate them with being, you know, not necessarily full of the big names, but the chemistry is so good, the understanding is so good, and the execution is so flawless. And those have been the things that have, that have been missing for the last few weeks. So I think the manner in which they're sort of having this wobble is quite new. Um, and I wonder if that's going to affect the way that we look at them going into the playoffs and the way they look at themselves going into the playoffs. Yeah, but I do think the Pats are a different animal in the offseason. So, that is true. You know, I don't, it's not necessarily like, I think they're a very beatable team right now. And I think you can look at it from compared to previous years and be like, this team does look beatable. But that defense is still amazing, like yeah. we said. And for me, I just, I just think it's all going to, click at some point but you know they'll be fine although be fine. thanks to a thanks to a big game at the weekend they the road to the Super Bowl may not go through Foxborough now Ravens mm. beating a close game against San big Francisco trust. 49ers which I am so hoping this is going to be a Super Bowl rematch because we deserve to see this game in good weather yeah yeah, yeah I mean I mean that's that's the one thing I, I thought is that it's such a shame that we couldn't we had to deal with the, you know, sliding around and drop balls and whatnot. But um, yeah, I thought this was a really tough game for both sides. I was impressed by both teams here. Like as a Ravens fan, I was totally like edge of my seat thinking, God, we're going to lose. Like we're just going to lose by a field goal, just negative Nancy and all that. But um... (laughs) you are a negative Nancy famously. I am. I am. I am indeed. But I think the Ravens showed a bit more of an identity in this game than the 49ers, I'd say. Um, for instance, like if you look at uh, some of the fourth down attempts, because there, there were plenty of them in this game, um, like, you know, fourth and, fourth and one, what do we do? Sneak the ball, um, 
you know, behind Marshall Yonder, like one of the best run blockers in the league. And then fourth and one on the other side, uh, the 49ers go go for it. And they're, despite the fact, despite the rushing success they've had on the day with uh, most of it, they were going in shotgun, trying uh, trying to pass it out of shotgun. Like They I did think, get a big completion on fourth and two to Debo Samuel, though, earlier yeah, that in the was, game. That really annoyed me. I was just like, <laughs> "What is Marcus Peters doing?" <laughs> it's, it's just Marcus was, Peters is doing what Marcus Peters does. He's, he's so uh, aggressive, and most of the time it works out for him. But there will be those times. He wasn't and being I'm sure aggressive. Get... He was just sort of like watching him grab the ball out of the air. <laughs> it's not like he whiffed on the trying to grab the ball, like coming up for a big interception. That I'd kind of understand. I'd be like, "Fair enough, mate. You went for it and you missed." No, he was just sort of like watching him lackadaisically and then as soon as Debo Samuel's caught he just threw his arms on like what like what to be fair this this isn't really news with Marcus Peters I feel like he's either going to give you a pick six or give up a touchdown you know he's 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 one of those boom or bust playmakers isn't he to be fair oh boom or bust he's been really good for us the last few weeks though despite that he has yeah so I ain't mad Lamar Jackson another good game obviously he's what four or five rushing Games with 100, yard, 100 plus rushing yards, which is incredible for a quarterback. But what you can say, the 49ers, they did a really impressive job, better than anyone has all year, at being able to bottle up the other running backs. Not other yeah. running backs. Wow, I can't believe I just said that. Your running backs. The other running backs. <laughs> what do you. How dare you? Order. Is he just a running back to you? You've, you've set him off, Slew. I can't believe it. I can't. He's, he's just ju- another running back. He's, he's going to use this as motivation. Threat. You know what? If he's using this as motivation, that's fantastic. I hope he is. Because <laughs> it means that he's heard our podcast and it means we're really getting on in the world. Yeah, man. He's probably one of our five weekly listeners. And counting. <laughs> no, but I think the thing is with these Ravens team is the games they've lost, this game was built for the Ravens to win. If mm. you guys can keep it close then there's a good chance you are going to win every game. It's when you have to start chasing the game. If they get up early and you have to move away from that ground game, much like Leeds-Beckett, you could draw very many similarities between the two. Nice. But but do you understand what I mean, though? If that that game is close, then you're going to be able to run the ball and no one's going to consistently stop every running back that you have and your quarterback. Yeah. Whereas the games that you lost, there was that, that one to the Browns and the Chiefs is they both got up early and you had to start chasing the game. You got away from what makes you so aggressive, so impressive this season. Yeah. And it's... so I think the 49ers, the Chiefs, those are the teams that I would worry about if you, if I were you. I don't, I'm not as worried if I were you about the Pats and the Texans. Yeah. But No. Why, why would I be worried about the Texans? We just I don't know why you'd be worried. Well, you smashed, an you smashed the Pats at... You smashed yeah. the Pats as well, but you said, oh, do you worry about the, te- the Patriots in the Yeah, well, I, I am a bit worried about the Patriots in the playoffs, but that's only natural seeing as they've won six bloody Super Bowls. Like, come on, man. Um, no, nah, but, you know, I, I, I agree. That, to be honest, um, it's, it's very much, I think, in the latter half of our, in the, this last eight-game stretch in particular, our defense has done absolute bits. So... We've been True. statistically, I think it's the second or third best defense in the league in that stretch. I so think statistically, you've been doing bits. Statistically, that, we have just been doing bits. That is a stat. Season. That's a real a stat for you, mate. Number but of bits per game. Can I just um, get the one weekly mention of Lamar Jackson should win the MVP just in here right now? Just yeah, go for it. 20, 20 seconds, Joe. What have you got? Lamar Jackson should win the MVP. That's all. 15 seconds left. Oh, okay. Well, he rushed for over 100 yards. And it doesn't matter how much he threw because it was raining. And that's time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the least convincing argument I've heard for this for Lamar Jackson's MVP. I was just kind season. of I wanted to stop it on the he one sentence. He rushed for 100 speak. yards and it and it doesn't matter how long he how much he threw because it was raining. It was wet and stuff. Worst <laughs> argument ever. Well, Jimmy G had a worst um you know, pass completion percentage, so yeah, I don't Surprised disagree with Lamar. I'm surprised he didn't finish that point with a yeah. And he only had one. He's, this is his first fumble on the year, as well. No, it's his first fumble it's lost. First fumble six times. Yeah, fumble lost. That's what I meant. Duh. Duh. 
Duh. Well, do you remember those fumbles costing you last year in the playoffs against the Chargers? Oh, stop bringing that Slippy up. Ball. It's so last year. Slippy it's ball the, syndrome. Oh, remember the Chargers last year when Lamar didn't know how to throw the ball? Or keep hold of the ball. Yeah, but now he knows how to do everything. He's Houdini. Yeah, I mean, so on the 49er side of things, if they had to reach the Super Bowl again, they may even need to do it from a wild card spot. If the Seahawks win tonight, they mm. also go 10-2, and two, and they actually have the tiebreaker at the moment over the 49ers. So they'd be, I think, in the one or two seed behind the Saints. Boom. But the 49ers would slip down to that number five seed. That's crazy, it's, to be fair. But I, I, think it, I think people have been sleeping on the Seahawks quite a lot. Obviously, they started the season unconvincingly, especially in that Bengals game. But the Seahawks have been actually low-key pretty fantastic this year. And Russell Wilson has been phenomenal. Mm. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm I saying. thought you were going to go, you were gonna go further with that. That's nope, a really hot take. Russell Wilson has been good. I need him to get precisely two points for me to win my fantasy matchup. So I'm feeling pretty positive. Mate, I've oh, got... I came into this. I was fuming coming into this fantasy matchup. I didn't realize the playoffs started next week. I thought if I win this and I win next week, I'm in. But no, I'm out because I was already out. Lou is out. Get wrecked. Oh, I've had an I've... absolute torrid week. I may lose in my other league, which could have pushed me out of the playoff rankings. I'm out of the playoffs in this one, and the Philadelphia Eagles decide they just can't be bothered. <laughs> well, I've still got five players to play. I'm still All top from of the league, no matter game, what. So. so, you know. Well, you're top of the league. Yeah, I've been top of the league for the last two or three weeks, mate. I'm actually a fantasy god. Wow, oh, god. We can't all be seven and five. I'm going for the three-peat, mate. This will be three titles in a row. don't know if I've mentioned that yet, but um, I, consistently, I consistently win this fantasy league. It's because it's rigged. <laughs> I refuse to comment. I thought you were going to have some evidence or something. <laughs> no, it just, it just it's is. Rigged. <laughs> it, it just is rigged. You know, like... Uh, statistically, what are the chances of that happening? Seeing as Slew's the commissioner, would he not rig it in his own favour? No, because that'd that be too obvious. incompetent. Yeah. He's going to split the dosh. All that money what we put There was no buy-in. They wouldn't agreed on anything. Can we have a buy-in next year? A buy-in. So, yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. I think we should all buy, put, like, pay some money for a trophy and that goes around. What? Yeah, I like that. That's ridiculous. We were, also ridiculous. Meant, we were meant to be doing forfeits for the, for the loser. Of the yeah, but I think I don't think you can bowl. do it once. I don't think you can do it once that bowl has been decided. Yeah, I think that had to be a preseason thing. Anyway, so moving on to something else that should have been in the toilet bowl, but now is looking rather impressive under Black Brian Flores. Oh, Miami yeah. twenty twenty. You excited, Matt? I am. I, I I disagree with the toilet bowl comment profusely, but I am excited for next season. Indeed, Slew. We're going to be pretty decent, to be fair. And we've got a, nine. got a whole bucket of cap space. We've got a whole, we've got another bucket for the draft picks, and we're just going to swing those buckets around all off season. What? I wonder. What the hell does I'm... that mean? Yeah, it means we're going to get some some cool free agents. We're going to get some hopefully good draft picks, and then we're going to win. I don't know eight games next season or something audacious like that. And then the year so after basically, that. Basically, you're going to go exactly to where you were before this whole thing started. Yeah, but we'll do it with a younger team. And then the year after that, then we'll go for 10 wins. And then we'll sneak into the playoffs. And then the, dyn- the dynasty will properly begin. Well, you've got, you've got 14 picks in the next draft. Muchos picks. So many picks. I'm well excited for this draft. It's going to be so fun. So with how good um, Fitz... Fitzmagic's been both on the field and as a leader. How do you feel about taking Tua, having him sit while he recovers from his injury, and then going with Fitzpatrick? Hmm. Or would you rather take a Joe Burrow that's going to be that you the crowd's going to be pushing to play straight away? Yeah, I think it's a difficult situation. I think because the Dolphins, I think, have been so in on Tua, and then obviously this massive injury occurs, and at the same sort of point in time. There was all this talk about is Joe Burrows actually playing better than Tua for, for LSU? And he has been you know, very impressive this season. And I think with the sort of, especially after this sort of season where it's been very much sort of promises, 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 this team is going to go in the right direction, that we are going to get wins, you know, wait till next season. We're, we're accumulating everything for next season to be brilliant. I think it then becomes a tough decision to draft a quarterback and then not start them. Um 
which is why I think that the Dolphins are more likely at this point to... Well, if, I think it depends on what Tua's sort of... How long he's going to be out for. If Tua's injury is something that he might be able to, you know, maybe start next season, the early part of, you know, maybe not quite there yet, but, he's, he, you know, he'll be able to, you know, take the starting role in, in week six or something or whatever... If it's that sort of situation, we might see, still see the Dolphins go with Tua. If it's going to be a situation where he's going to be missing significant time next season as well, I think they're going to pull the trigger on Burrows and try and maybe, you know, trade, trade it, maybe try and trade down and pick up a Burrows and see if they could get more draft capital. But do you think Burrows is going to fall that low? Yeah, I was going to say that. Do you think you'll I be think able he's to... probably going to go one or two? I imagine, and I don't even think you're going to have the the number two pick in the draft well they might it seems everyone's trying to win the Bengals and the Redskins also won this week and I think the situation is as well outside of the Bengals the other you know teams that have really struggled this season not a lot of them are going to be looking for quarterbacks you know Washington have just have just you know pulled the trigger on Haskins last season um that's going to be something that you know. That's not an that's not an easy investment to walk away from. Um, I think as well, the the Jets are still certain that Sam Darnold's the answer at QB for better or worse. So they're not necessarily going to be looking for a QB in this draft. I think the Bengals will be for sure. Um, although it was nice to see them go back to the the Ginger Prince this weekend. Um, but I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's that many people in that sort of space that are going to be vying with Miami for a starting quarterback yet. I mean, and you also don't know what the market's going to throw up as well. I think there's going to be a lot of quarterback movements this offseason. It's going to be quite fun to have a look at. Yeah. But I think you're right on the point that it's going to be hard to sell to not pick a quarterback that's going to play right away, especially what's been going on this year. If you yeah. then don't go, right, we're going all in over the, these next two years to try and win, it's, it's a hard sell to play with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're asking a lot of patience, I think, from a fan base that has had to deal with some very mediocre times over the last sort of 15 seasons or so. I think, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been a lot of fun this season and by all accounts, he's been fantastic for that locker room and keeping the culture together. Uh, and, you know, he's shown flashes of, you know, Fitz magic as he, as he does every season um, in sort of fits and starts, which is which is good. But, I, you know, in terms of is he a quarterback that, you know, as you're building a franchise that really want to take it to the next level and start to compete and get to the postseason, is he the, the, a bridge quarterback that has the capacity to help you get there? You, 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 you can't really say he definitely is. And I think that yeah, Dolphin... may be better off with someone like an Anthony Dalton or a, I don't know, Ryan Tannehill, maybe. Teddy Bridgewater. If he Any could be those, prized but... away from New Orleans. Yeah. But I think what your point about the culture and what Brian Flores has done in itself has been the most impressive thing from this Miami team. For sure. I remember how we were laughing at that um, takes no talent wall at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Mm. I think that's the thing that has managed to win you three games. The team isn't playing for that number one spot. And we were all saying how you can't ask NFL players to do that. But the, how hard they are playing for Flores, for Fitzpatrick, it has been an impressive thing. And that's surely something for Miami fans like yourself to be excited about. Do you think it, Do you think if you were Brian Flores, you would come out to your team? And I, I know this probably hasn't happened, but just be like, you know, the, the GM, the ownership want us to lose. Let's no. just... <laughs> Okay. I mean, I get what I get what you're saying. You I know, see where you're going. But such, a physical, not... such a physical sport. If it's the type of thing where you're playing half-heartedly, that's where you get hurt. No, I don't think you can. Not... Also, okay, no, I'm not saying it. But okay. I'm saying like, do, do you think the chip on their shoulder that it's clearly they've been set up to fail has kind Got of you. made you know it's had an impact on on their season and and obviously yeah. led them to win a bunch of games which they by Absolutely. all means should have lost. I think when you when you sort of couple that with the players that are on the Miami roster at the moment, you know, it's very heavily on, you know, unproven veterans and people that haven't been able to stick on other teams with a mixture of undrafted, you know, rookies and free agents. Um, you know, it's it's journeymen. It's people looking to win a job. And I think the fact that the roster's in that state, it's basically an all-out competition for every roster spot at the moment. And it, and the players are well aware that if they shine this season, there's absolutely no reason why they can't win themselves a spot on you know the new and improved Dolphins when that becomes a thing as well. So I think 
Flores is likely to have leaned more on that sort of angle in terms of, you know, go out there and prove everyone's here. Everyone in this room is from different walks of life, different backgrounds, has has had a different journey to get here. Now that you're here, you've got to make the most of that opportunity. And I think you're seeing that competitive fire in the Dolphins now. And shout out to that swinging gate touchdown. Because that, so that was fun. a thing of beauty. Like, so fun. If you compared that to the failed one the Jets had um, on that weird punt that just ended up being, yeah, you know, he he basically just hideous, got absolutely. Um, so what the Colts won against the Packers? Oh yeah, no, that's 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 why I meant. Oh, yeah, not, not, I thought yeah, I was yeah, forgetting sorry. another one. My, I said fine. I said the Jets for some reason, but I meant the Colts. But yeah, Probably the worst play in history. You just assumed it was the Jets. Mm. Yeah, so. my, yeah, my bad. But um, yeah, I guess it was it was it was completely different. But it was the same sort of general idea, and it was so fun. I don't How know good... why they didn't just sort of stack up a bunch of people in the middle to just. I don't know why we didn't just call a timeout. Yeah, you were bamboozled. You were an absolute Matt, Matty Hack had absolutely bamboozled you. Were, you. It was You're... it was it. This season has been an absolute clusterfuck from top to bottom. To the be thing perfectly is, honest with you, like, is, it's been, especially the with the expectations term. we had coming into the year. It mm. has been disgusting to watch, and, and I am, you, I am very unhappy. You were playing a team with nothing to lose, and all Literally, to gain. Nothing and, and to actually, lose. Technically, very little to gain, but yeah, nothing to lose and even less to gain. To be yeah, exactly. exactly. Like they have no reason they should be going for it. But where's it? Like, where's it gone wrong for the Eagles then, Slew? Um, honestly, if you had to nail it onto one thing, yeah, it's a one thing I couldn't. I think it's been a whole issue, top to bottom, coaching, playing, and management. Ooh. Oh, okay. The whole the the three way shebang. Absolutely, like, especially on the defensive side. I don't understand. I do not understand. Like, I like Jalen Mills as a person. He's a great locker room guy by all accounts. But how much can you see Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills get jump balled by Devontae Parker before changing that up? Getting mossed. Absolutely it makes mossed. Yeah. Very little sense. Like you're up twenty eight, I think, to fourteen at some point, and then we decided to go away from the run. We could have easily run that game out or at least slowed it down. That Miles Sun um Miles Sanders had a good game, it was at eighty seven yards off like fifteen or something carries. That's his breakout game, and then we decided to do a load of short passes rather than uh, it just everything that we decided to go for didn't work. We just mm. keep patting ourselves on the back this year. We've handed extensions to players while we're still fighting for stuff. Lane Johnson, yeah, it's good to have him wrapped up, but there's bigger things. We didn't trade for the players we needed to. We could have done with the cornerback. Our, biggest, our top two offensive, not even offensive, picks over the free free agency were Malik Jackson and Deshaun Jackson, who have played about three games between the pair. And we didn't have a backup plan for Deshaun Jackson, who's 32. I'm not saying you should plan for your players to get injured, but there is a high likelihood in this league. What happens Next when he goes up. down? And like, it was a whole issue last season that we had no speed on the offensive side of the ball. And so Deshaun Jackson comes in, he's supposed to be the man, he goes down, and then what? You don't do anything? It, yeah. yeah. It's just... And this is the pick of um, JJ Arcega-Whiteside as well over a DK Metcalf, or there was... What's he called? The one at the Chiefs. Mikel Hartman. Meek Hartman, who are both field-stretching threats. And then we go decide who was another one. We've got all these big bodies, guys, who can get five yards. It's just... It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you, you say that as if like you, you thought you would have had Deshaun Jackson. No. So, Pardon? You thought you would have had Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson for longer than you have this yeah, season. Yeah, we well. would. But then how do you only have one deep threat on a roster? Yeah, that's true. You need, you need Especially to have... when that was the exact... You pick him and then, then you get a Miko Harbin that can sit behind him. Or if he goes down, then he still has that field stretching. Matt Collins is supposed to be our field stretching threat and he doesn't do anything all he does is he comes in and you know it's a running play it's yeah but to be fair mm. on the ravens we literally have marquise brown as the only field stretching guy yeah and when he but was injured ha- we didn't have that element no yeah you didn't but you have an incredibly diverse running game we don't yeah, have obviously. it well but yeah that's that's what the difference is and you've got all these yeah we've got dallas goddard and zach Ertz, but it's the same thing over and over again we're so we like how the Ravens were to watch under Joe Flacco and I don't know how it got to this point from where we were two years ago no, it's, just, it's, so, it's such boring football to watch there's no deep threat there's nothing exciting that happens no chunk it's plays just, exactly and if you can't chunk plays we're not good enough especially with Jordan Howard out to move the ball consistently on the ground it's just, 
I'm, I'm done with the season. Even if we make the playoffs, then what happens? We get absolutely slapped by the, whoever we come up against. Yeah. There's always next year, Slew. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, there will be next year. I'm not... A next year will happen. That, that yeah. won't be a next year. You're not, you're not shutting down the franchise because of, you lose, because of a loss to the Dolphins, but... Uh, I mean, if, it'd probably be worth it. It, it yeah. would be interesting to see where you guys finish this season. Record-wise. I reckon seven, seven and nine, eight and eight. Seven and nine. Isn't it? Don't you think it's great as well how when Devonte Parker when it hits nine losses he just decides he's going to become Randy Moss. Mate, Devonte Parker. I know we were saying earlier in the season about how he's such a, a training camp merchant. He's he's decided to start being a game merchant now, and it's fucking great. He's just a merchant. He's, he's, he's now a, a fully qualified merchant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like the whole you know the training camp merchant stuff. As soon as it doesn't matter, he's sick. Oh wow! Wow! Are you, claiming are you questioning DVP's character when when the chips are down? When no, the, when the I'm, game I'm matters most. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when it. Yeah, yeah, I am actually. Yeah, you are actually. That is what you're saying. What All you're right. Saying. So let's move away from Joe putting himself in massively hot water and looking ahead to next week. Sorry, and DVP. so the first game we've got. Pardon? I said sorry, DVP. Formal uh, apology. Okay. Yeah. Formal apology. Yeah. So the Ravens at the Bills. I'm actually really excited for this one. Uh, mm. the big, it's like how I was saying earlier. I don't think the Bills are that team that can get onto that huge lead that's going to be needed against the Ravens. Yes, they'll be good defensively, but so are the Niners. I don't think they're going to be able to stop the Ravens' run game either. I think the Ravens win, but I am excited to see what Josh Allen can do against an improved Ravens defense. Mm. I watched the I watched the Bills beat the Cowboys in a crowded student pub in London, and that was. Absolutely fun. I didn't realise how fun the Bills are to to watch. You know, I've always obviously had the the rivalry tint looking at them and they've seen them as sort of like a team with a good defence, a quarterback who can make some plays, but not much else other than that. But they were really impressive in all sort of aspects against the Cowboys. I know it's the Cowboys. They've been pretty up and down and inconsistent this season as well. Um, but I think it'll be really cool to see the Bills against the the Ravens, and in particular that Bills defence against the against Lamar. Before you make your point, Joe, can I just say I have been pumping this Josh Allen train since he got drafted. I've been a big fan of him, and Joe was like, bah, 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 bah. Exactly. But, exactly. No, that, that, I said he was like the white Cam Newton. Did you? Yes, I said that plenty of okay. times. And I made even the bet that looked horrific last year that in five years Josh Allen would be better than Baker Mayfield, which I'm still not sure about, but I am impressed by how much he has come along this year. He's learned to throw the ball accurately and not just really far. It's been yeah. a revelation. I'll tell you what, though. One big help for, for Josh Allen has been uh, John Brown, mm. genuinely. John Brown is, is, is really emerging. as like He was good for us last Sneaky year. Sneaky good. He's not sneaky good. He's just good. Like he's genuinely. Like, I think he's sneaky way. Oh, I, I, I've absolutely missed out. Like I don't have the stat with me, but I think he was he was third in receiving yards after catch or something like that. See, but that's sneaky. That is sneaky. Um, and I wish I could have a solid stat to quote that on. But you know, it was one of those like fantasy football stats that just pops up on the screen. You're like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I I love the man. Uh, he's he's a real field stretcher, and I like you said, this Bills defense is good. It's going to be a nice little challenge for us. Um, I obviously have the Ravens winning. Uh, I mean, it's it's not really a, a surprise anymore. And but I think mm, it could be it could be decently close. Um, I think given given how the Forty ers game went. And that defense, mm-hmm. I can imagine it being something like, I don't know, I'm going to give a prediction of 20, no, 27 to <laughs> you 21. You said 20 and then stopped yourself and then went back to 20. <laughs> no, because I was, I was thinking 30, 20, no, 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 not, not quite 30, not against the Bills defense. I'll go 27 to 21. That's what I'll say. Okay. Right, Matt, who, who were you picking this one? Ooh, I am going to go with the Ravens as well, I think. As as fun as the Bills were against Dallas, I think the Ravens have just been too good recently. I'm going to say the Bills are going to lose, but I, I think it'll be fairly close. Mm. Okay. I, 
Sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to say, I don't think um, the Bills will have as much success as the 49ers did, taking away our, our running backs from the game, as Slew very kindly pointed out, uh, except missing on the fact that Lamar Jackson isn't a running back, of course. But... <laughs> You're still, you're still him, hot and bothered about himself, that, He himself yeah. says not bad for a running back, which implies that he thinks he's a running back. Or oh, he's being ironic. <laughs> Nibs. Okay, um, so the, <laughs> the Nets came. The Chiefs head to Foxborough. Patriots coming off a loss. It's usually a good excuse to pick them. But the Chiefs' defence looked improved against the Raiders this week, and their offence, again, is nothing you can ever... I don't know. Stop, it seems. um yeah i it's a weird one isn't it i'm kind of teetering with myself on this like my heart says go with the chiefs you know like the pats didn't look great last game um kind of and if if deshaun watson can do that against them what can pat mahomes do sort of thing and they're in the same sort of class where they they, mm. I just can't imagine the Pats defense giving away four passing touchdowns again. To I know what you mean. Games like every looking at the looking at this objectively, it everything looks like the Chiefs are going to win this one. Yeah, it's like you. It's like what we talked about before with Donovan's wanting to call Brady dead. It's like you don't pick against the Pats, especially when they bats into a corner. Yeah, and and two weeks in a row, I I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, also, like like Chiefs defense hasn't been has shown um, definite weaknesses in the secondary this this year at times. I know they looked good last week, but um, I think against... It's, if, it, if, it, if it any team that um, Tom Brady could look better or improved against is the Chiefs' secondary, I think. So I'm going to take the Pats. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to raging. politely disagree with you there, Joseph. Mm-hmm. I think um, I really liked what I saw from the Chiefs defense, especially the secondary uh, last week. I yeah, thought same. they were, were very much improved. And I think this is if you know, if you're going to pinpoint a time to play Tom Brady in the Pats, I think this is absolutely it. Um, when they're well, coming off a big loss, coming off, coming off a big loss, having <laughs> you historically know, not the best time to play them. Well, I beg to differ. I think that, um, you know, once again, the Chiefs' offense looked fantastic. And I think um, that they're going to have a little bit of a shock here and they're going to beat the Pats. I think Mahomes is going to outduel the dying wizard Brady and um, the Chiefs are going to compound the, the Patriots' recent misery. You're a wizard, actually, Patrick. Sh- shockingly. I'm actually going to agree with Matt. Not just shocking because it's agreeing with Matt. I'm shocked. <laughs> picking against the Patriots. I don't know. Something just something just looks like it's going to be a Chiefs win in this one. And yeah. I'm probably going to be wrong as they go home spanked. But it just it just looks too much like a Chiefs win. Especially how much they've taken steps forwards on defense. And their offense hasn't taken any steps back because, of course, they haven't. Hey, it's man. It's all it come just- together. Hey man, don't get me wrong. I, I hope I hope he do- they do lose. I I hope the Chiefs do win, but I just I think predictions wise, I, I just can't yeah. see it. Especially with you closing the gap on that number one seed. Oh, you love it. <laughs> okay, and that's you say closing the, the gap. We have the number one seed, mate. It's ours. I meant, it's our, our I meant of, our predi- of our prediction rankings. The more important thing. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's true. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, and you are forgiven. Yeah, but so Matt's technically closing the gap as well after this big week. Okay, so that fi- the final game that we're previewing this week, two ten and two teams, 49ers finishing off their three-game gauntlets, heading to uh, New Orleans to face the Saints. And before this game even happens, these three games, the Packers, the Ravens, and then the Saints, was viewed as whether the 49ers are real or not. Mm. And I think coming... Even the first two, that has shown that they are here to contend mm. for a Super Bowl this year. They're the real boys. Yeah, like like, like we said, um, that I think the 49ers were outstanding in their last week. Uh, obviously, we saw what they did against Green Bay. I think given um, Drew Brees' lack of um, Thumb? big play ability and like, <laughs> you know, shut up. Um 
<laughs> but you know, give, yeah, given Drew Brees' lack of production at times this year, I think I'm gonna take the 49ers on this one. I, I just, I just think their defense has got too much, too much oomph, too much oomph about them. You know, they've got, they do have a lovely amount of oomph. To be fair, <laughs> they're all oomphed up. Matt, are you picking the oomphers? I'm going to go with the oomph oomphers as well. I think I do. I think the 49ers. <laughs> I think the 49ers are going to boots straight back with a victory over the Saints. Um, you know, the Saints' defense. I think this season has, has looked a lot shoddier than it did last year, um, and I think that the 49ers, in weather conditions that allow their passing game to function, is going to you know have enough about them to beat the Saints. I believe, and they and obviously the 49ers defense as well. We've said all season, super impressive, and they're going to be a real challenge for Breeze. What are you yeah, saying? I'm Steve? going to make that three of three predictions. I think the 49ers are going to win this one as well. Boom. I think last week's loss to the Ravens, as you were saying, Joe, is about as good a loss as you can have. Yeah, because mm. since that Ravens loss to the Browns earlier, was that October that that happened, Joe? Yeah. Is, uh... They've looked pretty unstoppable on offense, and since game, Marcus Peters have been even more impressive on defense. And to run them as close as they did in bad weather, that looked built for a Ravens performance in Baltimore. I think that's such an imp- that's arguably the 49ers' most impressive game of the season, even though it was a loss. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's that's exactly what I was saying. It's the same sort of, you know, no one came out of that game looking bad, you know. Mm. And I think Saints are a really good team. They're more complete than they probably have been over the last three years where they seem like they should have got to the Super Bowl each of those years. But this 49ers team, I think, is something special. And mm-hmm. I think they managed to get the win in what should be, as always, a super loud Mercedes but, but, uh, stadium. Blair Stadium. Blair that's Stadium. M- that's the that's... noise it makes. <laughs> Welcome to Mercedes Blair Stadium. <laughs> Okay, so is there any any more outtakes from last year, last week? Outtakes, outtakes, takeaways. Bloody hell, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> but one one big Eagles lost to a shit team, and he's absolutely capoodled himself. Yeah, it's nothing to do with Joe just making us wait on edge. It's like it's like when the lights went off in that Ravens Super Bowl. We just they just took all the wind out of us. Yeah. yeah side side note, Joe was about two hours late for the recording of this podcast, and it's really thrown hey. slew off his game. Side note, Matt had to make his bed before this. No, side note, Matt hasn't made his bed yet. <laughs> Matt yeah, will Matt, make his ma- bed. Why don't you go make your bed, Matt? Matt, I'll make my bed and sleep in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I think that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dropback, on Facebook at The Dropback UK. Look at all of our articles we post on thedropback.com. I've been Sam. I've been Joe. And I've been Matt. And until next time, goodbye. Peace.